beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Girth. But I feel like, I feel definitely Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving wants to like go at it with someone. Yeah. I also found too, Durant just recently said he's not going to, he's going to talk openly and honestly now. Yeah, I've seen that all season this year. Yeah, like it's he's, ridiculous. he's dropping curses and like... Well, know, not just that, is it like calling out the entire media about MVPs and stuff? I was like, wow. Yeah. You're so long, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, no, no. And now he's like, he's serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he grew up all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I like this guy. I liked the... I mean, there's it's so hard to like... I don't know. Like there's not a whole lot of guys like Tim Duncan. I actually appreciate Tim Duncan's demeanor because it's just like... You're like, who is this guy? He's like some sort of crazy mystery. And it's like, I remember basketball players being like that. Like Larry Bird yeah. is still a mystery to me. Like everyone on court knew what he was like, but like off the court, you were like, who is this guy? And then you find out later, like he's this horrible person. It's like, it's awesome, right? Yeah. It's like builds the myth. But like, I don't know. I just stop talking to the media. Stop. Just play. It's hard though now because they have, well, especially somebody like Durant and Kobe and stuff. They have all the sponsorship. They're their face. Yeah. Right, yeah. like Duncan is kind of like a face, but it's a face with an asterisk. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I love. I love the fact that he's like, you know, his face, but that, and you know, his game kind of because you always think, oh man, he's too way too old to be doing this. But then all of a sudden, you're like, frig, how is he like? He just got four blocks against my favorite team, and he had like 27 and, te- and 10 or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, you're way too old to be doing this. Yeah. But then it's like that whole thing, like, you just don't, you don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. So. There's that really. Have you seen that? Foot, I think it's a Foot Locker commercial with uh, D Rose where he calls him up and he calls up Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah, and they're talking. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. And he's like, D Rose is at the end. He's like, he's so excited. And he's like, I don't <laughs> know where I plan. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And it's like that really, they nailed it there with like Tim Duncan, like how everyone yeah. kind of perceives him. Because yeah. even for as long as he's been in the league for what, over 15 years now? Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember. So when Tracy McGrady was on Houston and he made the All-Star game, and, like, after the game, they were talking, like, the conference or, like, the news conference, and, and they're like, you know, what do people come to see this? And he has, and and Duncan just kind of sat there, and Tracy McGrady was like, well, they don't come to see, like, fundamentals, like, being played. Nobody wants to see a drop step on the block. Yeah. It's like people come to see, like, guards be electric, and Duncan just got up and walked away. Yeah. And he, like, he thought it was a big joke, and everyone was like, oh, Tim Duncan's mad. And he's like, oh. Like, because he just... Like, no one, not even at that point. I mean, he had been in the league, like, 10 years at yeah, least yeah. already. And everyone's still, like, everyone's, like, pussyfooting around. They're like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to upset Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, too, though. It's, like, it's valid. I've seen the Spurs play, like, when they come to Toronto. And it is kind of a boring game. It's not, like, a, you it, know what I mean? I, I would say, yes. From a fan, like, like, a casual fan point of view, it is a boring game. But yeah. when you, like, it's, like, a really, really good chess match. Like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. If you know chess, mm-hmm. it's exciting to watch a good chess match. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about chess. Me, to me, that would be boring. It's a bunch of guys just sitting there and then slapping the clock, right? Yeah. But that's kind of how the Spurs play. So if you know basketball and you, like, know plays and you can watch, like, spacing and all that mm-hmm. stuff, then it's, like, it's like poetry, right? Like, yeah. you got to appreciate it. Well, and it was also, too, good just because Duncan is one of the ones you got to check off the list, like, out of the last... Yeah group or whatever yes. i've been playing for the last few years you know what i mean kobe obviously is another one durant yep. is another one rest book and so you just gotta tim duncan you just gotta check it off and because he he's so inconsistent how they rest him and all that yeah. kind of stuff now i know when you actually get to see him you're like ah i scored <laughs> yeah i know how and do you feel about the fact that like this this new or this generation that kind of we grew up with like being our like kobe and duncan and like i don't even know who else i'd put in that but like steve nash like they're all like on their way out instead of instead of like this you know, like, I know those players. I watch them, like, come mm-hmm. in the league. It's like, now you're watching them leave. Like, does that, how does it make you feel? 
make well two things one is it makes me feel old right because yeah. it's like because when you see like when they introduce them at the beginning of the starting and there's like he's tom tim duncan's been playing for 17 years i'm like no it hasn't like <laughs> and you start to add it up and like oh for snap sure. that was 17. yeah exactly and then the other thing too is just like the, there is a every group like especially when like in the uh when the jordan era like they had characters they had par- people like barkley who would just go off and in interviews all the time and then jordan was kind of different but then he would just kind of talk during the games and yeah um, Sean Kemp, you had characters. Yes. And so it's like a TV show. This group of characters with Durant and Tim Duncan and Nash are gone now. And yeah. I don't feel like the next group is just kind of as strong yet or like they haven't developed. Like the next cast isn't as solid. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I think that they're starting to come into their own. I feel like, you know, to me, I'd put Durant in this new group. LeBron, I'd still put in this new group. Um, but then you got guys like, um, obviously, we're seeing like Kyrie Irving step up a yeah. little bit and be part of this new group. Damian Lillard, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, I think that as the torch is being passed, I feel like they, they kind of grow into their characters. I mean, like, I never really watched wrestling, but you always knew the storyline, right? Like, there's yeah. like, you know, the guy just came in and was just like getting beat down all the time. And then all of a sudden, like, something happened in the storyline. And all of a sudden, he's like, he's the guy that everyone cheers for, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like. We just aren't in the point where we we're getting the storyline with these guys because that's a good way. To, yeah, and but there's also no good guys and bad guys too, right? Like yeah, that's that's something that really bothers me about basketball now is a, is like really, like it used to be, oh man, like it's my sons versus your Chicago Bulls right mm-hmm. in the finals or yeah, like, yeah. you know like the the two like dark horses of mm-hmm. of Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton yeah, and yeah. everyone's like well, who are you gonna choose? Are you gonna choose those guys? Are you gonna choose Scotty and Michael mm-hmm. and and it's like there was like this like positive negative pull, but there's yeah. there isn't that. Everyone's friends. They're too friendly. They're too, too friendly. friendly. Yeah. I mean that's I think what was the why it blew up for Miami when the when LeBron went and Bosch went or whatever and it's just like it's almost laziness in yeah. a way. And nobody appreciates laziness. Yeah. I do appreciate this thing that like that I'm I mean, I haven't really seen it, but I've heard about it, like people yelling at Dwight while he's playing. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's kinda like that thing where, you know, it's great. Like, because it gives fans, like, a storyline rather yeah. than just basketball. I, I I feel like we want that. We we want to be entertained beyond just, you know, we're, I mean, everyone's following the NBA on Twitter. Everyone's, yeah. like, you know, reading on the blogs. Like, there's, what, like, 7,000 gazillion blogs out yeah. there about basketball? Like, give us some storylines to talk about, right? So The interesting thing, too, was, um, like, Durant did, like, that MVP speech or whatever. Remember that? And he was, like, all crying. I'm, yeah. like, when did they start doing speeches? And, like, I don't remember Jordan or anybody, like, back in the day, Barkley no. doing any speeches. I remember Allen Iverson being, like, accepting it on the court. Yeah. And then going out and dropping 52, right? Yeah. Like, it was, like, that's well, how I roll. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, when did we start doing that now? And, yeah, like, no. they're just doing all this, like, YouTube stuff and whatever. And I'm I like, think it's because he literally wanted to, like, bring the entire team and sit them down and, and, and you know, like, have them on camera with him. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I had some serious respect for that because there's guys like a Nick Collison who get no love in mm-hmm. the NBA at all. Like, I, I've, I'm a big fan of that kid, but, yeah, like, yeah. it's just, like, you know without a guy like him behind you, mm-hmm. you're never going to get the numbers you do because yeah. you got to have someone who's like, all right, I recognize what my role is completely. Yeah. I'm going to fulfill that role. Com- like He's a garbage man. Yeah, exactly. He just cleans it up. But then he's like, you know, he makes sure, he does whatever he can to like make his boy look good, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's just, I feel like, you know, that was nice of him to do that. But yeah, I mean like, come on. I know. Just, first off, you should be longer in the playoffs so that you can accept it before a game. Yeah, yeah. But that obviously didn't have with Westbrook going down. But still, I mean like, no. If we're, we're going to pick on OKC, I think the window for them to blow it all up, pass now. 
I think they had a chance where they could have just scrapped it all and started all over and just built around Durant yeah. again. And then I think now they've just committed to the, you know what I mean, especially losing Cephalosha now. And, yeah. like, I think... Cephalosha coming to the Hawks. Mm, yeah. That was a big one. That was a big one. But <laughs> I think, uh, okay, see, and especially because how loaded the West is. Yeah. I think that time... And I'm, it's unfortunate if Durant ends up in one of those guys who's, like, he's so good... But he never... Well, it's funny. It's funny you said that because I actually have heard... I mean, he's got a way better supporting cast than Dominique Wilkins ever did. But yeah. I've heard people talk about his game being like Dominique's game, yeah. right? I mean, Dominique, a little bit more of like the like in inside scorer than yeah, yeah. Durant. But still, like it's, it's a very similar game. So who knows, right? Like, I mean, I really do like the combination of the pure finesse score with the like attacking like bulldog guy in yeah. Westbrook. Um, I was kind of hoping for more out of like Perry Jones III and mm-hmm. those guys coming in. Yeah. But I mean, like you, you, you see the potential there. I just, I don't know how, like maybe it's Scott Brooks, maybe it's something like in the development of that team, but I just feel like, yeah, you're right. They're stagnant, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's just, it's, not, it's not working anymore. No. I think you need to start seeing other players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my stuff back. Yeah. We're breaking up. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I'm taking my toothbrush. I'm out of here. So <laughs> for sure. How, yeah. How about the Hawks though? The Hawks had oh, a, having a, they could actually get to the Eastern conference finals potentially if they roll through the, what is this potentially stuff? You think, you, you know, you know that no matter what happens in this conversation, I'm going to, I'm going to battle tooth and nail again, like for the Hawks, right? Like no, I know that. anything else. I think because to me, the X factor is where the, the Cavs end up in the playoffs. But see, I, I don't, to me, to me, I mean, the biggest the biggest game changer for the Cavs right now has been the pickup of Timothy Timothy Mozgov. Mm-hmm. To me, that's huge. Yeah. Because without that, they have like, I think they have a huge hole. Yeah. But I still, I still, when it comes to the playoffs, it's like grit and bench, grit and bench. Cleveland, I mean, if Amon Shumper can like go back to where he was when he was in his rookie year, maybe. But the hair, the the hair. What? Let's not let's not even go there because okay. you know we're both gonna like get in tears. Yeah, I that. know. But, but he was so good with the hair, he though. He was so good with the hair. He's like he's like Samson. Yeah, I think once <sighs> he got a cut, yeah. he was just like terrible. He couldn't shoot threes, and he was no. like, "What? Like, what happened to you?" I don't know what happened. Anyway, um, I feel like I mean they're good pickups, but I really feel like it's the bench, right? You, there is no dip really when the Hawks go to their bench mm-hmm. right now. And the thing is that you know you've got a. A killer shooter, which you yeah. need to spread the floor. There's no, you cannot leave Kyle Korver open yeah. for like a second, yeah. not even like 0.5 of a second, because yeah. you know as soon as you do, Al Horford is one of the best passing big men. Paul Millsap is a huge, like a huge assist numbers for a big guy. It's like any single one of those guys can get an assist, right? They're they're what second league in assists, mm-hmm. and it's like they just love sharing the ball. Yeah, I don't know. I, to me, depth spacing. And grind. That's that's that gets you far in the playoffs. And I feel like it doesn't matter where the Cavs end up. I only said the Cavs because I know that if sometimes some of those whistles a little bit of controversial in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I will say that the playoffs. Th- that's a big. The playoffs I, need star power. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, sometimes how and I, whether a conspiracy or not, but you know, sometimes some of those whistles. We saw that last year with uh, Toronto and the Nets and things yes. like that. Like, but I feel like having those having these four All Stars tonight for yeah. the Hawks gives them suddenly shine. Like all of a sudden the refs are like, okay, there's four guys yeah. made the All Star team. Five guys made Player of the Month, which is insane. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. So it's like you know you know that somewhere down the road they're actually getting some love from someone. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I still think. I mean, they've they've there's been some terrible games called against them. Yeah. But they've just grinded it out. Yeah. And I think because there is no there is no star, 
but they can all make the big shot. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Teague has been ridiculous. Yeah, this yeah. Year. But like to me, he's the second best point guard in the East. Yeah. Like I would say him and Kyle Lowry are second A, like two A and two B. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, man. He's just oh. R2DG just called. Okay. Um, I feel like I he feel wants like to chip into the ball. <laughs> he just oh, he's always got something to say. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's just something there's something about what the Hawks have right now that's special. Yeah. The Hawks actually look good, whereas like Washington looks good but looks beatable. Yeah. And I and again, I I think that's bench. To me, that's bench, right? Yeah. It's like I mean, and Bradley Bill being injured, that mm-hmm. definitely does not help. But their draft picks in the last little while haven't really gotten anything. Right? Yeah. They haven't gotten any development from them. And you look at, like, Otto Porter versus Mike Scott, drafted, mm-hmm. I think, the same year. But, like, it's like that role player that they need energy-wise, and you're getting nothing from Otto. Yeah. Great name, but other than that. <laughs> and then you're getting, like, tons out of Mike Scott for the Hawks. It's yeah. Like, I mean, if if I could, could I, would I trade John Wall for Jeff Teague? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would I trade... Um, Damari Carroll for Bradley Beal and then slide Kyle Culver to the three. Yes, yeah. of course. But but it's still, I don't know if I if you asked me to swap full units, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, but Washington did get better with uh, Paul Pierce because he just does that irritating three. He's one of those irritating guys. He'll get you that stupid irritating three in the fourth. Yes, when you need it the most. And he's like, he's like, remember, I don't know if you've ever played at the like YMCA or local gym or whatever. When there's that old dude who just knows all of the things to like get under your skin, and yeah. he's like, man, I hate playing against you. Yeah. Like I love, I would love it if you were on my team. Yeah, but you're super annoying. Yeah, and I feel like Paul Pierce totally fills that. Role. He's always been annoying though, like from the because he's his body still hasn't looked like he's never been in a gym. No. Like he's never lifted a weight. No. Like he, there's no way that when he jumps, there's actually you can slide a piece of paper underneath him. There's no <laughs> way. There's it physically is impossible. <laughs> and it's just, but again, it's just that three, and that's all you need him to do. And then a couple of fouls, and then that's it. Yeah, but and uh, I don't know. See, to me, again, I'd still like if you were Washington. Would you not want, if you could afford it, would you not want Trevor Reza back? Yeah. Reza, like, defensively. Yeah. Because but Reza's having some good games, though, for uh, yes. Houston. And, like, it's back to the older Reza because there was a window there where he was, like, the same thing, where he w- he went sour. And everyone kind of wrote him off. Even I wrote him off, too. I'm like, because he was amazing. And then he got sour. And then now he's back at it again. Do you think it's contract? Do you think that these guys play, like, wh- I don't, you know there's some guys who, like, play really, really well in the contract Yeah. Year, and there's guys who, like, they don't like the uncertainty of not knowing they're going to be, so it actually affects their numbers. I think, I think for a reason, because where was he before when he was terrible? He was in a bad team, and I think that's what it is for him. I think if he knows that he can't be competitive, there's no point. He doesn't yeah. care. Like if we can't win, then I'm out. Yeah, and but it, he was winning like that. I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I mean, I also hate Paul Pierce. I'll be straight up with that. But I there's feel a lot of haters <laughs> there. <laughs> he gets a lot of hate. <laughs> it's like. I either grow some actual facial hair or just shave it off. Don't yeah, yeah. keep whatever that is. It's yeah, yeah. gross. Um, but I just feel like if I was if I was on the Wizards or like like a fan of the Wizards, I'd, I'd be I'd want that defense. Yeah. More for the playoffs than for the season. Yeah. But I mean, they need that. Yeah. I feel like they need someone who like you know when they're down a little bit to be like you know what, give me the best player on the on the floor. I will guard him and I will shut him down. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like every team needs that or wants that. Yeah. Well, the East still still plays defense too. It's one of the few, like you know what I mean. The, yeah. we- the West still kind of goes first one to f- 120, basically. <laughs> yeah, other than other than the Spurs, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I feel like man, if Golden State and Dallas end mm-hmm. up in the Western Conference Finals, I f- I feel like 
the over under per game is going to be 250. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like an all-star game score, basically. Yeah. There's like, oh, that, that would be pretty awesome. It would be pretty it'd awesome. Be, it's like it's like playing video games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like first one 120 wins the game. <laughs> Not even 120. It's like you got it like 145 right. is like the cap. You hit yeah. 145, you're going to win this. Yeah. That would be fun. Golden State is tearing it up. Golden State is tearing it up. I I don't know what it is. I mean, Clay Thompson, I think, is yeah is real is the real thing. Yeah. Um, I love Spates. I love Murray Spates. I am shocked that he bounced around and ended up there. Uh, they need Bogut though. Yeah. Like for the playoffs, they need Bogut. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know, we saw like last week was like sleeping on the plane. <laughs> when they were all like singing and whatever, I yeah. mean, I'm hoping that was just a hoax and he wasn't actually sleeping on the plane. Yeah, but it looked like he was legit, like passed out on a pile of money. Yeah. So, but I mean, they need him for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They need him. David Lee, I have no idea what happened to David Lee. I, He's another one, like kind of like Trevor Ariza. He just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Remember that? Like, I mean, he was what averaging almost twenty and twenty in yeah. New York, and then he got this huge contract, and I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe he is one of those contract guys you were talking about, like. Maybe, but yeah, he was, I mean, he definitely played himself into a huge contract. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I, I mean, I would, I would love to see, I personally, I would love to see like a Hawks Memphis. We talked about this and you're like, there'd be like 12 people watching the finals. Yeah. (laughs) But to me, it's real basketball. Like it is, it is exactly what basketball should be. I mean, I coach basketball. I play basketball my Mm -hmm. whole life. And I just like, to me, it is, that's real basketball. I want to see that. Yeah. And not just that, is it? Man, the that Mark Gasol story mm-hmm. is ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Like, he came over because Powell got drafted. He hung out in Memphis. He, like, fell in love with the city so much that he didn't want to play anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he found out he was drafted or, like, they traded or whatever and he got moved to Memphis, he's like, yep, I'm coming now. And then he went from, like, being Powell's little brother yeah. to legitimately the best center in the league. Yeah, it's sure. such it's like It's like a made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't cheer against that. And like you have this other guy on the other side who's like way less finesse, has absolutely no vertical in in Zach Randolph, who was one of the jailblazers who bounced around, <laughs> I forgot got, about that <laughs> got overpaid yeah. to go to New York. Yeah. All of a sudden shows up in Memphis and like everyone's like, Holy crap, this guy is a li- I mean, he's been putting up the same numbers the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he he's found a place, he's getting the respect, he's playing beside a center who's like perfect for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I just, it, it, it's such a good story, yeah, the yeah. two of them, that I, I just, I want to root for them. And not just that, is it, I still want to call them the Vancouver Grizzlies. All right, we can. Just because. I, I see quite a bit of Vancouver Grizzlies uh, gear still floating around Toronto. Yes. Like, yes. Um, it's surprisingly. And it's funny, I don't know if you noticed this, it's funny that it's not, I mean, not that it would be a Bryant Reeves jersey, mm-hmm. but it's Mike Bibby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, to me, it's Sharif, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that would make more sense. Like, it's not, it's not, like, I don't think of Bibby as that. I think, to me, Bibby wasn't even, like, a big deal until he went to the Kings, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then even playing with the Hawks, like, he was a big deal then, but he wasn't, like, I wouldn't put him as, a, I mean, like, Tracy McGrady on the Raptors jersey, that throwback one, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But it does not make sense, Bibby on the... Yeah, well, even like their with, history here was yeah. that bad in Canada that it was that bad. It's my baby, but it's also just weird because they did. I didn't feel like they lasted long enough to really have that kind of nostalgia. Whereas for a while, when we didn't have the Hornets, everyone was still wearing the Hornets yeah, gear yeah, because the true. Hornets were like the Hornets, yeah. like Z. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Alonzo Mourning, and Alonzo, Lizzie, yes. all, like Larry Johnson, like those were characters. Like, we're going full circle now, back to characters. Yeah, and it was like the Hornet, and they had that rumbling in the yep. playoffs, and it's like, yo, everyone kind of got into the Hornets. That do you remember? Do you did you watch that game where Jeff Van Gundy was being dragged around the court by Alonzo Mourning? <laughs> yeah. Man, that literally was like yeah. a WWE. Was it now just WWE? Um, e, no, it is WWE. It yeah. is WWE. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. That's like like a, that actually happens. Yeah. Like Hulk Hogan was. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But it's like one of those things where yeah. I mean, uh, I still yeah. Bibby, Bibby, <laughs> Grizzlies, Bibby. Yeah. I know. I I got love for Bibby, but yeah. I still wish that Kings team had won something. The Kings team is always gonna be a heartbreaker. They've had some good runs. They've had some great players. They've had some great teams. They've just. Would you put them? You know, how there's like that list of like best teams that never won. Would you put that that Would, that Peja? Yeah. Um, that was like remember Frosted Tips Hedu Turkaloo? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not, but yes. <laughs> like that team was legit, right? Yeah. Like you had Chris Weber, Vlade yeah. Divac. Like they were out. They remembered and did the like the cheerleader dance moves on the halftime, and mm-hmm. they would go out and dance with them. Like that team was so much fun. Yeah. And they didn't win. And like that Phoenix Suns team with with Amari. Remember when um, who body checked? Steve Nash into the boards, like like it was some sort of hockey game. Oh, I that brings was that Robert Ory? I'll go with Robert Ory. We'll go with Robert Ory. Let's slam Robert Ory. I'm not kind of 100 sure, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that Suns team too, right? It's like yeah. that one moment took them completely out of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah, because like Amari got suspended for the next game. Yeah, yeah. He on the court. It's like <sighs> like they're, they're, if you can make a list of like t- the best teams never to win a chip. I would definitely put those two on. The Suns also too are like Sacramento. They had a couple of like the Barkley team with Thunder Dan and all that yes. stuff. They had some good teams. Kevin every Johnson, night. they've had the some mayor. good players come through the yeah. yeah. They've had some great team uh, players come through the team, but I just couldn't get it together. The Sonics are another one. Yes, so, yeah. with Gary Payton. Yeah, when Gary Payton said, "Let me take Jordan and actually like put him on lock." Yeah, well, and I mean the Sonics have kind of rolled into OKC. I mean yeah. it's the same. Do you want to get into that? Do you want to get into teams rolling into other teams? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah. We haven't even talked about why you're actually here. But no, yeah. look, no, but let's do this because <laughs> okay. this is awesome. Okay. Okay. This is my, if we could go back in team history, like yeah. in history, right? You you move the team, mm-hmm. everything, the history of the team stays in that city. Okay. Nothing moves. Yeah. It starts new and fresh. Right. So Minneapolis mm-hmm. is still the Minneapolis Lakers. Right. Because let's be honest, LA Lakers doesn't make any sense. There's yeah, no I know. It's all. like the like ocean like, or something. And those first five championships, yeah. they stay. Yeah. So now there's like a story when, like whatever it is, thirty years later, when Minnesota Timberwolves, like that franchise, now they get the name back, they get the yeah. logo back, and they get the history back. All of a sudden, to me, that builds one. It builds on more and more of what's going on. Yeah. Right. Like it get and it gets really confusing. Now Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets have only been around for what is it? Like one season, two seasons. Well, but when you add in the Bobcats oh, okay. because they changed their name, yeah. it's like they've only run for like six, eight seasons or yeah, something yeah. like that, right? It's like a weird thing because that's not true. Mm-hmm. They never had Larry Johnson, like what we're talking about. Yeah, you, they never had that Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues team. Mm-hmm. That's not their history anymore. I know that doesn't make any sense to me. I know that was one of the things they were fighting with when um, they lost the Sonics. Right, because they they would they would they lose all that history. Yeah, they the the history and the name should stay. They should stay, and they should go back and redo it all. 
Well, why does why do you think the NBA lets it all go? Like, why does the why do the Lakers, the LA Lakers, get the championships and everything else? And I feel like that's part of what they're paying for. I mean, I don't know how much the Lakers sold for way yeah. back in the day. I have no idea, but I feel like that's part of it. I feel like that is like the package. Hey, you're gonna buy this team? Yeah, we'll sell you the whole history, <laughs> and it's like. Oh, Yeah, it's like you yeah. get it's like encyclopedia yeah. of whatever or the DVDs. It's like the Sonics won like in '79 or whatever yeah. it was, like something ridiculous. So it's like it doesn't have any cachet. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, by the way, here's a f championship that they just. But see, the the thing that's crazy is that if the Seattle SuperSonics ever come back, Gary Payton was never on the roster. Yeah, because that roster moved to OKC. Just. It doesn't. Yeah. Make, it doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. It shouldn't be like that. It should not be like that. This sh has Sean Kemp retired his number yet, or like where would he retire his number? <laughs> I don't think you like. That's what I'm saying. Like you got to re retire Gary Payton's number at some point, and yeah. Sean Kemp, but you can't because you're not going to retire them. Go back in to the OKC Arena Raptors. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we did nothing for the city. <laughs> It's, and yeah, exactly. And there's like there's just one of those things where it's like there is hindsight. Obviously, is easy to like change it, but like when you have zero foresight, which mm -hmm. the NBA has a history of, right? Like the cable deal they made with the ABA guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like there's St. Louis. Yeah, there's that a, was the most brilliant <laughs> business deal in the history. Like there is no when there's no foresight, mm -hmm. it just bothers me, especially yeah. with such a large group of of like lawyers and investors. Yeah, and it's like, like and businessmen, yeah. businessmen, right? Yeah. It's like there's. How can you not see that this is going to be one confusing, mm -hmm. two not make any sense, and three suck later on if the if the franchise comes back, right? Yeah. So then the question is then, do you still want to be called the Toronto Huskies or the Toronto Raptors? I I don't want either. <laughs> I don't. I mean, a Huskies to me makes more sense because then it actually brings back that forty five team, right? Yeah. But and it should be like that. Like unless you apply for a name change, it should stick with what the original was, whether you had an NBA or ABA franchise, right? And again, all that history comes. So right now, the Toronto hist the Toronto history starts in '95, mm -hmm. right? But 50 years before that, there were guys who should have been on the roster, right? And like could have been part of an all-time team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy we had kept the Huskies, eh? If we'd been rolling, that from been like, amazing. Yeah, like we would have potentially had some competitive teams along the way. And yeah, we probably would have actually a championship at this point. Yeah. Oh, sad. It is sad. It's funny because this all the stuff that's going on and on like Twitter and Instagram for me or whatever. It's like some guys like, yeah, and how many Eastern Conference files have you guys been to and how many championships have you won? I'm like, man, I'm like, in the last 20 years, it's not like there's a whole lot of teams who have won. Mm -hmm. It's like there's like the same, like the Spurs, yeah, the Heat, right? They've won three. Yeah. Dallas, um, Pistons, thrown, like it's like, yeah. it's Bulls like you can't. won like six right there. Yeah, well, from yeah. since but since like the Raptors have come along, like, yeah, okay, it's just yeah. like one of those things where it's like, man, you can say that, but like this guy was a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm like, how many and how many championships of Golden yeah. State Warriors? Like, don't don't let's not go there. Like, yeah. you I guys mean, just got good too. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, man, just just give it a rest. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, you but this is why we have you on because right, uh, um, you right, we're on NBA TV uh, talking about Vincenity. I the, was the uh, Vince Carter days here, the glory days. Oh, amazing. That tooth. Okay, my buddy put this on Facebook yesterday, and like, it's totally this. It's totally true. This is my message to Vince Carter: You screwed all dunk competitions for all of us. All of us. Mm -hmm. We can't watch them anymore. They're terrible because of you. You owe us. You owe. <laughs> you owe us. Yeah. Like I feel like he could still go. To, I mean, he could do it. He could still win. 
if he came back? Came back here, you mean, or come back? No, in... like when is it not competition at like whatever oh. he is eighty? Yeah, he's not 80. yeah, I think he could do it. I think there was <laughs> there was a Doctor J movie just last year, the year before, and he dunked at the end of the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he was he's like seventy or eighty. Or... Do you remember last year when all the fifth all the guys like all the big guys turned fifty and they're like, I can still go to the gym and I yeah. can still dunk it. And you're like, oh, you can. It yeah. looks really sad, but yeah. you can still dunk it. <laughs> but yeah, it's not quite from the free throw line anymore. Yeah. It's just like right under yeah, the basket. Exactly. Kinda. Um, but yeah, no, man, Vin- Vince in 2000, mm-hmm. like he destroyed the dunk competition. Yeah, yeah. From then on. I mean, there's there's been some decent ones, but like. I'm not a fan of the props and like jumping over the car and the, like jumping over Shaq. The, and... That Blake Griffin's jumping over the car thing was weak. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. P- turn the car the other way. Make it look good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like and, just... and or jump over the high part of the car. Yeah. You can jump over the hood. I can jump onto the hood of a car, and yeah. I'm five seven, and I have zero <laughs> hops. Yeah. So jumping over a car for a guy who's like that big and that tall and jumps all the time for a living gets yeah. paid for it, it doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. Um. The one the one prop dunk that I will say, and I think Kenny Smith had this on his list. I don't know if you saw that list last no. night. Was Javale McGee's double net? Oh. Because he tossed it off the backboard. Yeah. Yeah. Off the one backboard, yeah. dunked with his left hand, caught it with his right hand, and dunked it with his right hand on a different net. That's that was crazy. Yeah, that's a prop dunk. I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, there's a few like that that you can kind of just let go, but it's not like NBA 2K where you can pull it like the the sprite machine and jump over the sprite <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. Yeah, that would be, be kind of cool though. <laughs> that would be. Oh well, okay. So last night when uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is just so much fun to say, yeah, when he came, you did out, a better job than I did. I can't even get through. No, it. that's fine. When he came out with the with the Greek flag, yeah, and the girls were standing just past the free throw line. In your head, weren't you thinking he's gonna jump over that flag? Yeah. Oh my gosh, because that would have been amazing. Yeah. You got a bunch of beautiful Greek girls. I'm assuming they were Greek or just random chicks he found. Yeah. Um, with a flag, which is a super cool flag, mm-hmm. and he flies over it for the dunk from the free throw line. I would have given him a fifty. Yeah. I don't know anyone who wouldn't have, but then he did. Then the flag went away, and he missed a three dunks in a row. And yeah, yeah. And then that's uh, it. So much potential. I know. Those those are always a heartbreaking one too. And somebody does something amazing, and then just get it off the back of the rim. <laughs> yeah. Because then you see what they were doing. You're like, oh. Yeah. That could have been. Yeah, that could have been. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the could have been are good. There should be like uh, we should see if there's like a YouTube video of just like could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Like, like that one year when Chris Anderson dunked what or tr- attempted to dunk 40 times and oh. everyone's like oh yeah. like people were just praying for him to leave yeah i know I like, it is because it, it hurts yeah. it does hurt <laughs> my, it's funny my wife loves she loves saturday night mm-hmm. but she's like why do i watch the dunk competition she literally hid under a blanket when they were missing yesterday because mm-hmm. she's like this is so awful for yeah. them i'm like it's awful for us heidi yeah it's awful for us to watch mm-hmm. this is brutal yeah so you were on NBA TV talking yes. about uh, Vince Carter and Vince Sanity because you had drawn or I guess put together. How do you describe it? Or like, what is your style? The splotchy. Okay. The splotchiness? Yeah. Well, okay. So that whole style came from that sort of thing where it's like, okay, let me, let me, let me slow down here All and right. try to explain this properly. Break it down. When you're a kid, mm-hmm. you put a poster of your hero on the wall. Right. It's sick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty cool. Even in even in university, you probably still have one or two posters of, like, your heroes on the wall. Spider-Man. Sure. Okay. Spider-Man, Jordan, my buddy, I I, I think he's still got it in his house way up in Espanola. He's got a Mark Price poster. <laughs> That's keeping it real. <laughs> That's legit, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you, you've got this, 
you've got this hero who's hung on your wall. Mm-hmm. As you grow up, it's like you don't really detach yourself ever from that kid or that moment or like, you know, that hero. Mm-hmm. But it's not cool to put a poster up on your wall anymore. So I kind of took those those people, those heroes, and tried to find like an iconic moment or an iconic pose of them mm-hmm. and do some art. And then because like, you know, the street art is really, really popular, like putting in your house, I try to make it look like an unfinished work of art. Because I draw with a mouse, mm-hmm. which is, I know a lot of people are like, why? Um, it's like, it gives a, it still has that digital line because I like, I, everything's digital. Yeah. So it still has that digital line where it's like really crisp, but but if you draw with like a tablet or with like a pencil or whatever like that and then and then scan it over or draw with the pen tool in Illustrator, it's like it's like too perfect. So in order to like give that like kind of unfinished, more organic feel to a digital print, I draw with a mouse because then it's jagged and like it, people are like, it's so hard to draw with a mouse. I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the point mm-hmm. is because it's not perfect. Yeah. So then I then I do that. But yeah, so I, I did one of Vince. It didn't it, like it started with me just talking about the fact that I was thinking of it. Mm-hmm. So I did this art fest at the Distillery District this past Labor Day weekend. I will be there again next Labor Day weekend. Um, is my it was my first art festival. I kind of set up in a tent on that side street. I don't even know where all the restaurants are. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and this guy just kind of like came by and was like, "Hey, cool stuff." And I'm like, "Thanks." And we just like chatted a little about basketball and. He was like a big Michael Jordan fan. You like, also have a Michael Jordan. You I do. Um, I think you have a Carl Malone and <laughs> no. no, there will never, never be a Carl there will Malone. never sorry, be a Carl Malone. Carl Malone, I think I actually hate you. Yeah. Just that's to you. Uh, sorry, there's a Stockton. There one. is a Stockton that's one what I was because of, yeah. John Stockton should be credited with all of the points that Carl Malone had. Yeah, and and all of Carl Malone's vast turnovers should be because he leads the league. Yeah, yeah. In turnovers. Yeah, like a bakery. Is, and, but you have, like, the best or the second best point guard in the history of the NBA feeding you the ball, mm-hmm. and you still lead the league in turnovers. The, like, the NBA history in turnovers? Yeah. Not cool. Yeah, I know. Um, So there will never be a Carmel one. I have a, yeah, so I have some back ones. I also have some hip-hop ones. Because to me, th- like, they go together. Yeah. Like, basketball and hip-hop, it is like, there is a rhythm there that, that no other sport, music style combined can get yeah um so it's like i have a lot of that stuff and then i have like batman and robin but the original like batman and robin like yeah. adam west and dick grayson uh darth vader i saw darth vader Darth Vader. i got han and chewy that's mm-hmm. for my wife because she's like way too into star wars sometimes i wonder how i married such a nerd but i still love you baby <laughs> um I'm not going near that one. <laughs> um so the dude i did optimus by... prime okay. yeah so anyway yeah so i have all these um, this guy came by. We were talking ball. Um, he really liked the stuff. And then uh, all of a sudden, she's—I don't know if she's looking at me or what's going on. Hi. Um, we're what talking. happens when you have a radio station in a bar. People wander in, and it's we like were. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking ball, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I work for uh, NBA TV Canada." He's like, "Can I take your card?" And I'm like, "Yep, sure." Um, he's like, are you doing any Raptor stuff? And I'm like, I'm working on a couple things. Um, at that point I was working on just a Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and a Vince. And then, um, some guy who I met, some other guy ended up asking for like the starting five of the Raptors. So that came out. 
Um, the current starting five? The or? current starting five. So Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Terrence Ross, mm-hmm. Amir Johnson, Jonas Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. And, and that went, I love that print. But um, so it went on, like it, I put it on Instagram. I was like, yo, I'm just, I just sold this to a guy in Ottawa. He's a really, really cool guy. Uh, commission work. And then um, also I'm getting all these weird messages on Instagram. It's like, hey, Craig Caucasian. Hey, Craig, Craig. That's what I, not Craig White. That's Craig Caucasian because I'm white and Caucasians are white. Just to th- kind of put that little puzzle together real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that oh. it was a difficult puzzle. He's like, yeah. hey, there's a two pieces of this puzzle. Let's yeah. put it together. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then, t- so Terrence Ross had apparently picked that up, picked up that Instagram piece and like put it on his thing and like got 5,000 likes in like seconds. And I had, well, I think maybe 16 at mm-hmm. that point. But people were tagging me and being like, yo, this is going on, this is going on. And then this guy, Dave Leiter, who's like one of the coolest guys I've ever met. He like emailed me and he's like, Hey, I saw that that piece is blowing up for you. That's awesome. Let's hook up. Let's still want to do that story. Mm-hmm. Um, are you st- are you still working on that Vince piece? I'm like, Yep. Um, here's where I'm at right now. And I basically just sent him so I start by just like drawing a basic silhouette of like I try and like fill my head with as many images of that night or whatever yeah, that yeah. iconic pose as possible. And then like and then I go and I sit down and I build the silhouette. So it's like it's like I'm building this like lump of clay to like carve out of. So I sent him stuff and he's like, that's really, really cool. And then I started like, and then I started doing like shoes, which is a big deal for me. I know you love shoes too. Um, and like stuff like the ball, the Raptors jersey, stuff like that. So then I start, I started building that stuff and sending him. He's like, okay, this totally has to happen for mm-hmm. you. So I was like, that's awesome, man. I'm like, I'm cool if it doesn't happen, but if it does, let's sick, let's, let's yeah. do it. Right. So we tried a bunch of stuff and then the Raptors started to do really, really well. And then um, they Thanks started. Thanks Drake. Doing- yeah, yeah. Thanks, Drake. <laughs> um, and then I started doing this like open gym thing, mm-hmm. and the hangout started getting big again. Yeah. So he didn't have all the time, so we just did it like, uh, I said like again, man. Um, so we started doing, we started emailing back and forth after Christmas. He hooked m- us up with a location in January at this place called Come and Get It on Queen Street near Bathurst. Amazing, amazing restaurant literally blown away by the food like my first bite of whatever i got a sandwich was i was like this is awesome this is so good so anyway we sat there on uh, i think it was a know, maybe it was a wednesday or thursday morning and we just like sat there and for three hours and talked about the art and talked about basketball and talked about what it meant to me as a raptors fan talked about what i saw in toronto since then and now with this new group coming out and just kind of left it and I didn't hear anything from him until last week. And he's like, I'm finishing it up. You know, it's looking really, really good. I was super nervous because I didn't have any any say in anything was going on. And he, he apparently they played it a little bit at the game against the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend was at that game. Yeah, apparently they cut it off, which is, that's okay. I don't care. That's kind of rude, though. Nah, it's fine. All right. I mean, I don't know that it was supposed to happen. Yeah. And then, like, Sheldon, is that the guy's name? Those two guys who talk about basketball before the game, the pregame show. Oh, yeah. I don't really... I tune them out. So. Yeah, they're they're okay. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't want to say super, something super bad about them, but yeah. it's I just don't see... There's not a whole lot of deep insight. Anyway, they were talking about it, and they threw it over to, like, me and my clip, and I started getting all these texts, and people were like, man, that was really, really good. And I couldn't watch it. And then 
the next day, one of the per- like someone taped it on the phone and gave it to me, and I was like, oh, I can't watch it, but my wife forced me to watch it, and then it was actually really good. Like Dave did a really good job. Mm-hmm. He made me look amazing. Yeah. But su- super dramatic music behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you're like in an alleyway too, and yeah, like, the alley- that's right across from Come and Get It. So yeah. it's like it all just kind of worked out. Like he scouted an amazing location. He asked the right things. I prepared only a little bit. Um, and it was just really good. Like he did a great job. And then the next day I find out that it's on Raptors, like the Raptors tweeted. Yeah. Yeah. And then Friday NBA.com tweets it out. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like, I cannot believe that this is happening for me. Like I, I'm super blessed. Like that's pretty much what it is. Like some guy randomly, not randomly. I'm sure it was God did it. Put, put him at my booth in the distiller district, and then I got tweeted at by mba.com. That's really cool. What's going to happen now? Are you going to keep going with some of the Raptor stuff and kind of do more? Because especially with the All-Star game coming here in a year from now. Yes. Um, have I even decided what's going on? I mean, I just, I think I finished, it was yesterday or the day before, I finished a Derek Jeter one that I had started in the summer. It was my first baseball uh, print. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know. I mean, I I have I don't plan it out. A lot of times it comes from like organic conversations with yeah. people. I'm sitting across the table from you, Sammy. You're wearing a Detroit Pistons one. I realize I've not done like any of the bad boys. Oh, come it would on. be amazing to yeah. have like. I got the retro logo too. Yeah, that, dude, that's sick. You need a starter jacket to go on top of that. I was actually surprised. I went to a game, uh, the ACC this year, and they some of the gear by the Raptors is by Starter. They have yeah. the S and the like, Starter jackets came back. Yeah, when? and they're amazing <laughs> this summer. So, <laughs> it so was bizarre. Um, there's a girl you got to follow on Twitter. She got game. Okay, M- Megan Ann Wilson. I think that's what her name is. I'm sorry if I if I screwed that up, but she's awesome, and she tweeted out a picture of like all the old Starter, like all the old school logo Starter jackets that yeah. are all new with the and S the, Star logo and the Detroit Pistons one is amazing it's got like the embroidered like outline of the detroit like oh. in the script it's so sick yeah um but like imagine how cool it would look for like isaiah and joe and bill lambier or dennis rodman like just mm-hmm. three of them like coming out of the thing together like so i i don't plan it out yeah a lot of it comes from requests even I mean, I, I, as I said, I'll never do Carmelone. But other than that, like, I've done a Kobe print. Yeah. I have not been a fan of Kobe since 2005 when he, that Carmelone, maybe it was the Carmelone thing, when he played with Carmelone and Gary Payton and they totally blew it to Detroit, the Detroit Pistons. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. And, like, then after that, he, like, complained so much and Phil Jackson left and Shaq. So I just, I but I did a Kobe print of Kobe as number eight. Mm-hmm. In that in that first playoff series in two thousand one, where he just like crammed it down the lane. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know who that was on. I think, but it was like ridiculous. Um, so I did a print of that. Um, I've done a Jay Z one, and I am not a Jay Z fan. It's just like whatever people want, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of t- like, I mean, I started off just doing like people that I really wanted to do. Here's a we're gonna veer off basketball for a second, but who's the uh, since you mentioned Jay Z, who's the better curator? Who has a better taste, Jay Z or Pharrell? Because they're both kind of mm. pimping, you know what I mean? Jay-Z has a life and times, yeah. and then Pharrell does a lot of, like, arty kind of things. He was just here at the, a- not the AGO, uh, the design exchange or whatever with, like, this is not a toy. Yep. So who's the better? I'm I'm, I'm always going to not go with Jay-Z. <laughs> just because it's Jay-Z. 
Yeah, it's to me, he just Jay Z is doing whatever it, whatever it is to like put money in his pocket. It's yeah. not about making good music or whatever. I mean, he's got he has got some great lyrics. Mm-hmm. Some of his songs are fantastic. Some of his tunes are just are dope. But but to me, it's like when you look. Was it last All Star Game or the All Star Game before when like Pharrell came out and it did like a, like a whole bunch of songs that were like the ones that he had been involved with? Yeah, yeah. Like from that Daft Punk one to like oh, NERD, yeah. and it's like everyone's yeah, it was, like Pharrell did that. Yeah, Pharrell did that. Pharrell did that, and like all of a sudden everyone's like, man, Pharrell's freaking legit, right? He's yeah. like touching everything, and it's like he's just way more vast. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what puts him. That's what puts him out there. I mean, I I don't know if he's my favorite producer. I don't think that would that would yeah. be the case or anything like that. But like, I mean, just when you're talking about full spectrum, and like like that coming into it as well, I I feel like Pharrell's got it unlocked. Plus, he's working with Adidas right now and they're putting on some sick shoes. And I'm an Adidas head, so there you go. I got that it. works out then. So then going back then to Pharrell and Adidas, then how because you're a graphic designer and you work in like images and colors, and I'm simplifying obviously, but. <laughs> Well, that's basically what art is, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you define then taste? Not even good taste, just taste. Ta- man, I would say this: if you like what you put on in the morning, that's taste. If you're just putting something on because it's there, mm-hmm. and you didn't like, you don't literally like you you just put it on and roll out of bed, and you don't look at yourself once or anything like that, then you can't say that's taste. Even with music, if you're just like, I'll only listen to whatever's on the radio. Mm-hmm. I won't change the radio if I if I hate that song or whatever. I just then that's no taste. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have a playlist on your iPod, then you've got taste. It might not be the same taste as me. Yeah. If you go to the store and you don't just buy whatever's the cheapest price tag, like at IKEA, and then throw it in your house, you like be like, hmm, this is actually worth that extra ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Then you've got taste. It's so hard, right? Because people are like, well. Who are you designing for, and like who do you, who do who do you like do this for, and what why like why have them as your market obvi- audience? And I'm like, I'm like, if you start getting to like, I just want to do something for the mass, then mm-hmm. then you're gonna lose your taste. Yeah. And same thing with like, as I said, like if you're just putting on whatever clothes are like, like the first shirt, the first whatever that's coming at you, then you have no taste. But I think everyone does. It just your taste might not jive with mine. My taste might not jive with yours. Like, and that's okay. Right, that's what makes it special to like walk around and see everyone. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I really love Toronto. Is like, there's taste is so vast, mm-hmm. and you can walk from one side of the Toronto to the other side of Toronto and really not see the same outfit. Yeah, like you know, you'll see variations of it, but even then, you'll see like everyone's got their own little like vibe in that. And Especially depending where you are between Queen Street and like Bloor Street, and yeah. And then you like roll from like Etobicoke to Scarborough and you're like, I just traversed the entire globe. (laughs) Really? That's a long road trip though. Yeah. But it's like you, I mean, you basically are traveling across the world. Yeah. Like literally and like for us Torontonians physically. Mm -hmm. But like it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know. Taste is whatever. Like there's lots of people who are like, man, Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. I don't have to agree, but I'm like, if you can back it up and say like, okay, this song shows me that he's the greatest rapper or Eminem. Someone's like, Eminem is the greatest mm-hmm. rapper of all time. And it's like, you know, you can say that this this track to you shows that and whatever. Then I'm like, okay, like good. Like you just, you can't just say it is because, mm-hmm. well, someone on the radio said it was. Because right? I said so. Yeah. So. So what influences your taste then? You talked about Toronto. Is this Tr- Toronto and Adidas, I guess? Um, That's a really good question. 
I grew up in a very small townish feel place and never really felt like I belonged which is kind of like a, I know a super cliche for an artist <laughs> to say, I never really felt like I belonged. Angst but is it's important. Like, but like, I grew up, I grew up in a place that was very, had very little multiculturalism. Mm -hmm. And I grew up not really liking, like having, feeling like I had to fake liking rock music. Yeah. So that I fit in. When all I did when I went home was like listen to like Diggable Planets and mm -hmm. NWA and Wu-Tang Clan and like like that's what I went through in high school was mm -hmm. listening to that stuff. And like then I had to be like, yes, I really enjoyed the new Oasis album. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, it's like people were like, man, you dress weird in high school. You always wore colors. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just never really felt like I like I belonged there. And I was, I don't know. I, just, I think part of my taste comes from just this idea of like trying to find where I fit and like trying different things. And, mm -hmm. and even now, like, I think you, I don't know how you would describe my style. Um, maybe it's a combination of like skater, urban hipster preppy. I don't like, I mean, I don't know what you would say, like, and I don't care. I don't want to be labeled as anything yeah. like that, but there is a thing that comes through and same thing with, with my art that I do. Like there's the two different st sides of it don't really mesh mm -hmm. right there's the storytelling side and then there's like this these icons and they don't really mesh but you can totally see me in both of them so it's like i don't know i just there's my taste direct me in two different ways and i feel like you know everyone has everyone has that there's a i one of the things i like about um cool which is just as subjective as taste but cool is able to encompass contradictions yes it doesn't like solve them it like, yes presents them and somehow it kind of works yeah it, it a lot of people talk about cool as if it's some sort of line or ladder that you go up to me cool is is a wheel right mm -hmm. like or a clock at 12 o'clock is cool like but you can like go so far away from cool that you become you come back to the point where you're even cooler on the other side <laughs> it's like this like n like nerdy becomes cool and the thing is too is that with like trying to go directly across from what's cool mm -hmm. it puts you to the point where you're you're so unique yeah. that then your clock flips and you become cool and so there's i don't know there's cool is not a cool is not a ladder cool is like a a puddle <laughs> that just people drop into right but that's interesting though because if cool is then a puddle then can you buy like can you you can't short like you can't buy your way into cool or you can't like I think a lot of people try to. Yeah, because we see that with music a lot. Yeah, yeah, we we see that, and the thing is, you can you I f maybe you can't maybe you can buy yourself in a cool mm -hmm. because then, you know, in doing whatever you make yourself into that cool thing, mm -hmm. or you don't, and that becomes even cooler the fact that you did it and didn't make it. Yeah, like, I mean, Katy Perry's cool. Mm -hmm. But she also gets up and be like, I'm not cool, which is cool. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know, man. I, it's one of those words that I feel like my kid says everything is cool. He's four. So everything is cool, though. Everything is cool. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I think that he's more right about that than we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go to these art festivals and these art shows and stuff like that, and you can literally see everything from, like, some girl drawing, like, whatever she wants on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. To some guy or whatever woman who has spent, you know, 50 hours working in acrylics. And it's both of them are 
are awesome and both of them are cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, whatever you're drawn to is totally fine. I just, I, it's so hard because I mean, I'm teaching my son all these lessons about, you don't have to do this to fit in. You don't have to do this to fit in. It's mm-hmm. like, I need to learn that as well. And I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just getting, I'm getting, I'm learning more from teaching him about that stuff and, and just realizing that like every, everyone is cool. And like, I, I can have a conversation with somebody at an art festival mm-hmm. that is like a 65 year old male who doesn't like anything on his walls except for pictures of or like stuffed fish or pictures of old cars and and I we can talk about it and it's cool mm-hmm. and I'm totally down with that or I can have a conversation with somebody like you who loves basketball and and like we have so many similar Im- interests and that's also cool like I I, I just I, to me I just love how different everyone is and i feel like if you the more you get to know one person or one thing even the cooler it becomes Mm -hmm. like you can think that i don't know playing competitive rock paper scissors isn't cool but then when you talk to someone and they get passionate about it and you're talking to them and they're like man i went to this tournament last week and blah blah then you're like wow that actually sounds really Mm -hmm. cool so then does cool need to be uh recognized or appreciated by the marketplace to have extra value or any value no, I think it's going to have value regardless. I think that, and everyone's different, right? So, and because everyone has a different definition of what is cool, it's not, you're never going to be able to sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sell it, but then you can also not sell it because it's, there's that, the, that clientele doesn't want it. Do you find we actually want individuality, like what you're teaching your son, or do you think it's just something we say, but then we'd rather just be part of the pack? Because I find that there is a bit of a contradiction there where people like, they want to be a little bit unique, but not too unique. They want to be a little individual, but not too... And it's like, you can't be just a little pregnant. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you either unique, because that's the whole point of being quote-unquote unique. That's what unique means. I think that there's different comfort levels in what, how much uniqueness you can take on. Mm-hmm. I think that... I, th- I really feel like if you actually supported everyone in being themselves, everyone would be super unique. At some point, you grow up to the point where you're like, I don't care anymore about fitting in or doing this or doing that. And that is when you like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it stops mattering, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, my goal is to raise my kid and start to like live my own life like that. You know, not care anymore about the fact that I need to say Oasis is awesome Mm -hmm. or whatever, like I did in high school and, and just... And just be me and just like the music I like. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I really want to, like, dance to Taylor Swift like that police officer in my car, then I'll do that, right? And it's, it's, there's, I feel like if you, if you start, if you foster individuality at a young age and, and really encourage just being whoever and, and accepting other people and whoever they are at that point, then I think that individuality and that, then every, everyone literally will feel cool and everyone will be cool and everyone will be way happier you're getting rid of then guilty pleasures then because then everyone will like own it whatever they're whatever they're listening to whatever they're digging in isn't it well i still think in your in your head you'll be like wow i cannot believe that i like that you'll still have those like it won't maybe won't be a guilty pleasure where you're like hee 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 and like (laughs) hiding in the closet while you listen to it but or dress as it or whatever but it's it you'll still have those things be like like for myself, that feels really out of the box that I like that. But then mm-hmm. you'll also, I, I feel like in, in doing that or trying that, you'll also have another appreciation for people who, who are different from you, mm-hmm. who don't like that. 
Like I can sit down and have a really, really good conversation with someone who loves country, mm-hmm. loves it. And I come away from them being like, maybe I should listen to country. And then I'll listen to country and maybe I'll like a song like Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee and I'll be like, wow, that's really out of character for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm super ashamed of that. Yeah. Like just invented, but they'll be like, but it's a cool jam. Like I yeah. can get down with that. And, and that should be okay. As you talk to all these different people and you collect these stories, you connect with them and try and find out what makes a person cool or wh- how they're cool. Do these stories then influence you in the work that you do? For sure. They're, so when I moved to Toronto, uh, I got a job at a Starbucks in the beaches. And there was this woman who came there all the time. And at first I was kind of like, go home. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you work there, she warms up to you, you warm up to her, and there's these conversations start happening. And I'm like, you're a really cool woman with a lot of really, really cool stories. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it's like when I started doing this art thing, because I really only started last January, um, when I started doing this art thing, I was like thinking about really, really cool stories to tell or really interesting stories to tell and things that people would like, once I told them the story, they'd be saying, okay, I get it. And like, I really like the way that that's put together. And her stories came out in one of the pieces that's called the Dove Fantastic. And it's, it's just this thing where it's like, she had, she came here with nothing. She got a job at a Sears and she was like, talking to people and realizing what they were like and not really sure how she fit in. And she talked about, you know, everyone being either a dove or a hawk and talking about to her what a dove is. It is like this, you know, beautiful bird and represents all these like peace and, and whatever. And everyone wants to see it fly. And then there's like this hawk that's, that's like beautiful for another reason. And it's super predatory and it does whatever it can. And there are, there's different types of hawks and there are some hawks that actually like go and fly into like, these other birds nest and knock them out and and like take over their nests and kill their young and it's, it's like, like a whole like philosophy yeah and and i was like that's really really neat and, yeah and so yeah like people's stories and and like actually getting to know someone totally totally influences me and and what i do and and especially in my art like it's it, i think that once you open yourself up to these stories that and you let you let them impact you then you really will be impacted in the right way so what is upcoming then for you in terms of your art other than collecting more stories and becoming a cool individual? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's um, a heavy agenda right there. That, that's, <laughs> is that not enough for uh, yeah. you? <laughs> no, we want more. I have applied for Toronto Outdoor Art Exhibition, which I'm really hoping to get into this summer. I am doing Art Fest in Kingston on the Civic Holiday, and I'm doing Art Fest in the Distiller District in Toronto on Labor Day weekend. Um... I am working on something that is apparently very top secret for the Pan Am Games. So whenever that actually happens, which I have no idea when the actual Pan Am Games June are. June or July? One of the J months. I feel like it can't happen when kids are in school. It's got to be July. Yeah, maybe it's July. It's definitely a J month, though. And it was J summertime. Month. It's not January. Yeah. No, it's no, got to no. be hot enough for <laughs> yeah, them to yeah. participate in things. Like that. So anyway, when that comes out, they'll be, I'll be um, I'm doing something with... Um, Oh man, they're gonna hate the fact that I've forgotten what their organization is called. Pan Am Games. No, not Pan Am Games. The organization that found me. It's like, oh man, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, anyway, so they they hooked us up with Pan Am Games. There's three artists, and so I'm doing something for that. I am doing something with um, 
a guy named Dwayne Forrest who runs a charity that teaches or like gets art into second and third world countries. Nice. So they're in Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually doing some stuff in Toronto, which is not a second or third world country as well. But they're uh, we're heading that way. <laughs> I mean, we just lost Target now. And <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, but he's trying to get us in Africa as well. It's called the Genesis Community of the Arts, and we're doing. I'm I'm helping curate like an art thing through him mm-hmm. um, to raise money for this charity, which is super cool. So there's, there's stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you can always check out the Instagram or I don't tweet as much as I, I probably should be as like a entrepreneur or whatever, but as a brand, as a brand. Yep. Um, I am hoping to do a t-shirt line, mm-hmm. not just t-shirts, but t-shirts, sweaters, even some pants, um, pants terrible. Pants. <laughs> I hate pants. <laughs> I know you hate pants. <laughs> like I really do hats nice <laughs> at least or something. Then like really really nice underwear. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. Fine. It's a compromise. <laughs> Stupid society. Um, uh, under the name Good Feathers. Okay. Uh, which I found it was like a cartoon, but um, but that that bird thing. I I don't know if you've seen it on some of my stuff. That bird has become like my thing. Yeah, it's on yeah, my yeah. business card. Um, like my art business card and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. plus, I mean, there's always the actual work, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a whole lot of logos and stuff like that. For yeah, yeah. Under the Motive One moniker. So two questions and then we're going to wrap up. Both important questions. Super important questions. We're super important. Forget all everything else we just talked about. These are the two we're going to get into the... Okay, I'm going to empty my mind and get yeah. ready for these. Uh, number one, what kicks are you wearing today? Ah, you know, I had a hard time with that today. Because it's radio. <laughs> it's radio. Well, I was wearing my I was wearing my floral ZX Fluxes today, which ZX Flux are the cool shoes. I'm I'm hoping that that ZX Flux print thing comes to Canada, mm-hmm. and I am definitely getting some of my art on on that. I'm wearing the I'm wearing Nike Air 980s. Um, they're comfy. Mm-hmm. Plus, I don't. They're 3M. Mm-hmm. These ones. They're cyan. Okay, yeah. And there's, they got some nice color too. They're cyan, mm-hmm. electricity, yeah. and uh and rose. Mm-hmm. And they're because they're 3M, you can literally truck through the snow and not have any issues. And it's it's bitterly cold and snowy outside. Yeah, yeah. So I had to walk the dog before I came. So I'm like, I have to wear shoes that I can walk the dog in, be comfortable in, and then go watch the All-Star game and not feel s- stupid. So That's I'm fair. wearing those. Did you like the new Kanye Adidas? I'm just I'm going on a tangent. I did not like them. Okay, at all. here's what I'll say is I don't know if you if you know the Adidas line, the Y3 stuff, no. Yakamoto stuff. Okay, so there is a I'll, I'll I'll I should tweet this out. There is a shoe that has the exact same silhouette as the Yeezys, mm-hmm. but th- like they don't look like they're some sort of hipster hobo M- shoe. Booter, yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like it's like if you took this Y three shoe and mm-hmm. made it have a le- an egi- a legitimate love child with Uggs. <laughs> that's what you. <laughs> that's use. a good way to put it. Yeah. So this Y three shoe like l- has that same silhouette and has like that same like almost like like well done sloppy look mm-hmm. to it, where it's like there's no not a whole lot of hard structure to the shoe. Yeah. Um. But the sole of the shoe actually looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not down with the rest of it. I'm. I also. I don't know about you, but I can't get down with canvas shoes. No, it's like uh, canvas shoes are for for Converse All Stars, and that's it. Nothing else. Yeah, nothing else should be canvas. I agree with you on that. And then I also found that his night uh, Yeezy's Nike work was a little bit more better. I found like the Red Octobers were a little more bit better. more better. More better. More better. More better. More better. We can, this radio, we can say more better. No, I, I, I love more better. My, a good friend of mine, Jim Bryson, says more better about lots of things, and it's, it's, it's a great thing to say. Um, we should put out an album called More Better. More Better. Um, 
the, I okay. So here's the thing. I mean, I have no idea what happened. There's obviously like some sort of horrible breakup between Kanye and Nike. Like he wanted to like that kid in the airport. I don't know if you saw that video last week. It's like he was like, take your Nikes off and throw them in the garbage can. And I swear to you, I'll give you some Yeezys. Yeah. Um, and he hooked the kid up right away. And it's like I have no idea what happened. Yeah. The Nike stuff was good. I think there must be something about the way that the Nikes are made. Like, I mean, Kevin Durant is not wearing his new shoes. Mm-hmm. LeBron did not wear his shoes last year. The sole came off of Manu Ginobili's shoe halfway through yeah, a game. Yeah, So there's something going on there. I mean, I don't, I don't hate on, I don't hate on any shoe company. Mm-hmm. I used to not wear many Nikes. I've got lots in the collection now. I actually love the new KDs. Mm-hmm. But um, there's got to be something. Like they broke up hardcore. Yeah. And I have no idea what it is. The, yeah, the Yeezys are really, really nice. Like the red especially October. the red October ones yeah. are so nice. I like those ones a lot. Um, I'm not as down with those. Anyway, well, I just it's one of those things where there must be something. I mean, the silhouette is very similar still. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's Kanye's style. But um, I don't know what happened. And I'm surprised that that Adidas let him just put out a shoe that looked half done. To yeah. be honest, because everyone else who's put out shoes with them are like they're ridiculous. Yeah, like Pharrell seems to have done a lot of work. Pharrell and did stuff. He, I mean, he's he's worked on that on like the Stan Smith model and the and the um, superstars a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, you don't, don't want to change things. But even like with the Stella McCartney stuff, like mm-hmm. for for ladies or the Y three stuff or the Gons Sierra stuff, it's like the the shoes they produce are like they look. Like really, really nice, and those new Damien Lillard's are really, really nice. But that's beside the point. So then, the second question uh, to wrap it all up and go back full circle then is um, the Raptors. What's what's the final verdict for this year? Fifty games, and then how far in the playoffs? What do you think? And to me, I, I would really like to see what happens with them in I- before the trade deadline. I yeah. really want to see. You what think happens. they're gonna make a move? I feel like they should. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they will. I don't know that they really have the assets that that they think they do. They mm-hmm. need. I mean, I feel bad for guys like Greg Steensma, who had a decent year in in Boston, then floated around, then ended up on the Raptors, and like he he needs to go somewhere like yeah. to a team where at least he can get something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have a whole lot of they don't have a whole lot of trade bait. Yeah, Amir Johnson is one of those guys like Jerome Williams who mm-hmm. who has this motor but is his body is starting to slow down a little bit. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been playing in the in the yeah. league for a long time. He but he been. came into Detroit when he was 18. He's got a lot of miles on the He uh, does. He does. And not just that is because the of the way he plays, yeah. he bangs, right? Yeah. So um I love Jonas Valančiūnas. I think the kid is insane. Um he's potentially trade tradable see yeah, I, but, but i you wouldn't get a trade lot from him. him at this point though. i wouldn't trade him see yeah. that's the th- that's one of those guys that i would not i would not yeah. trade him i Ross. feel like you see again that's one of those things where it's like does he he could he could go off yeah but he also looks lost a lot like he's a he's a, he seems to be one of those things where toronto's gotten behind him and he plays well here mm-hmm. like he doesn't have like he doesn't always have those good games but because toronto's willing to get behind him if he got traded i feel like it would i feel like it would hurt his Confidence, confidence, or? and like I feel like he would not be the same player. But I mean, the guys from uh, Soul Shift posted something that was like, "What would happen if we took like Ross and Johnson, Amir Johnson, and flipped them for Kenneth Fareed? Does that help?" It's it to me. It's like the depth of their bench. When you get past Grievous, Vasquez, yeah. Lou Williams, and James Johnson, there's not a whole lot. There's yeah, no yeah. big guys, right? 
So yeah, no, the bench is no a little offense thin to for sure. Yeah. Hansborough. Yeah. Hansborough. Hansborough! Psycho T! Who does the yeah. same warm-up yeah. every time before the game. Yeah. He does this like little shimmy on the block yeah. and then does like a fade to the baseline f- fadeaway jumper and misses most of them. And he cries a lot too in the game. Uh, he he gets does a, a lot of He whining. gets a big pamp, like a big I, baby Pampers award. I feel like that's one of the reasons not to take this right back to Carmelo, but that I can't get down with Carmelo is all the whining, and that's one of the things that bothers me. Blake Griffin, same thing. It's all the whining. It's yeah. like, and and Tyler Hansbrough does the same thing. It's like it, you can be passionate about the game and yeah. not whine all the time. Yeah, I would love because I'm because. The Hawks are my team only because they've been my team forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was a kid, I saw them. Yeah, Hawks are my team, but then then I got I got a mad love for the Raptors. I really do. And so for me, ideally, ideally on in the East, I would see the Raptors and the Hawks play for the ECF. Like that would kill. Me. Like I would just be. Yeah, yeah. It would every game I would be glued to the TV, and I would I would be happy no matter what. Mm-hmm. In the West, I'd love to see. I'd love to see one and two again. Golden State go up against Memphis. Yeah, I mean, you have the complete contrasting styles. It'd be amazing to watch. Yeah. And not just that, you've got like the unsung unsung heroes like Murray Spates on the on Golden State Warriors, and then Mike Connolly on the. But then again, the Spurs. Spurs don't care about the regular you, season, you, yeah, and then as true. soon as they get in the playoffs, they don't care about positioning. They don't care about anything. And not just that, is it? They got a Canadian kid, Corey Joseph, right? So yeah. wouldn't you love to see him get yeah. another ring on his finger? I'd love that. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting. I'm glad that the All Star break now is kind of almost wrapping up, and then yep. we can get into like the real. Yep. The one thing I would love season. to see the Raptors do is if for some if there's if there's any way possible Raptors and you can do this, get Andrew Nicholson off the Orlando Magic. That kid is good. When he gets minutes, he's good. And we need a guy. He's like a young Amir. We need we need someone like that on this team. But trade whatever you need to trade. Get him on the team. I guarantee you, not just that, it's because he's from Mississauga. I mean, th- it, it's one of those things where, like, you got a hometown boy. Instantly, Toronto's going to accept him, right? Okay. That's a good way to end it right there. Perfect. Babe. All right. Sammy, thank you. Thank you.